0: three grown men who care way more than they should glenn
1: clark glenn no way i'm sorry aaron did alicia fox call you the
0: man beast a.j francis and of course everyone boos roman reigns even though he puts on the best match of the night
2: aaron oster guys look there's that one time you hey, know that no, no, oh, aaron <sighs>
0: You're the worst. You are the worst. This is Jobbing Out.
3: What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up?
1: What's up? Welcome into episode number 50 of Jobbing Out. You've got to be able to figure that yes. one out pretty easily. Yes. One of our guests on this week's show is 50 years old. I'll tell you about him in uh, just a second. Um, no AJ, at least we're assuming no AJ for the majority of the show. We had agreed. He, to make, an, he may make an unannounced run in. Maybe, maybe. I'm betting against it. Today, and, and I'm not mad at him, today is his sister's high school graduation. And uh, not only did he have the graduation ceremony uh, this morning, but uh, they had uh, a family get together before he uh, heads back home. So uh, that's what he's doing, and and we understood that. And so we are not mad at AJ for the fact that he will probably not be making an appearance. I'm a little bit mad at him because I never want to exclude anybody from the show. And so I said to him, hey, dude, I tell you what, if you can do a segment before the graduation ceremony, I will come in early before my show. My show airs every morning at 10 a.m. I said, I'll be in at 9.15. I can give you about a half an hour then um, before uh, I got to prep for my show, and we can do that. And we can get you in. You can bitch about whatever you want to bitch about. You can ask me if Roman Reigns had the best match on Raw. You can do whatever you want to do. I'd probably talk about Roman Reigns for 30 minutes. Yes. And, uh, and he said, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be a part of the show. I'll do that. I said, "God, ah, fuck. All right, fine. I got to wake up a little bit earlier. You know what I mean? I'm not a morning person. I'm not really an anytime person anymore because I got two small kids. You know what I mean? So um, I, uh, I said, all right, I'll come in. I'll, I'll do what I can do. And I get here at 9.15. I'm ready to go. I uh, hop on Skype. I call AJ, and nobody's home. I say, what the shit? And I text him. I say, hey, dude, you ready to go? I got a short amount of time here. He's like, ah, you know, uh, getting uh, everything situated at the graduation. I got to do it from there. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to make it happen, let you know. And then 9.20 – Mm-hmm. And then 925 mm-hmm. And then 930 He did finally call me at 950 At 950 he called me I said, dude, I've got a show to do In 10 minutes I'm so sorry, this is not going to work <laughs> And he said, ah And I said, if you can make it in, uh, at any point in the afternoon We'll make it happen We'll see, but we're uh, betting against it right now It will probably be just uh, myself, Glenn Clark And him, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone On this week's show But we do have two great guests Yeah, we do Uh, Joining us on this week's show, uh, both uh, uh, guys that have accomplished things in the WWE in their careers and both guys that – well, actually, there's not a lot similar otherwise. It's basically (laughs) they couldn't be any more different. Uh, One of them is Simon Gotch, who you know is half of the Villains. Obviously, the other half has gone on to uh, just become one of my favorite people on the face of the planet. But Simon Gotch, also great. Uh, Also quite the performer, Simon Gotch is now with MLW, Major League Wrestling, which you can see on BN Sports on uh, Friday nights, and we will chat with him about uh, what he's doing now with MLW, or the fact that he's just allowed to be Simon Gotch again, yeah, uh, because uh, WWE allowed the uh, the trademark to expire. The other is a fascinating story, PCO. Um, This is completely nonsensical, what's happened with PCO. I don't know how to explain this.
2: Um, PCO. 50-year-old guy goes through a midlife crisis and decides to become a deathmatch wrestler. 50 (laughs) 50 years old. Was formerly in the WWE and
1: WCW and TNA. He's been all those companies at some point in his life. Um, You would remember him as part of the Quebecers. Uh, He was Jean-Pierre Lafitte. He won a few tag team titles. uh, Was actually a hardcore champion in WCW at one point. Um and then stepped away from professional wrestling, and then showed back up again this year as like the most insane mother effer on the face of the planet, and um, turned a lot of
2: heads down in New Orleans WrestleMania mm-hmm. weekend. I know you saw him down there. Definitely turned my head. I did. I, when his name was announced for Spring Break, I was like, Oh, yeah, right. that's odd. I didn't know he was wrestling. Well, he then was... he put out the video where he broke stuff with his hands, and then he started to beat the crap out of Walter, get beaten up by Walter, and then did moonsaults to the outside as a 300-pound 50-year-old. You know, that stuff. That, yeah. that type of stuff.
1: Um, so, yeah, I, I did not see this coming, but we're going to talk to PCO. He's actually going to be down in uh, Annandale this weekend at uh, Nova Pro's uh, Commonwealth Cup event, so we will talk to him about that, but we'll just talk to him about what has been an unbelievable renaissance of a career at the age of 50. Is This is wild. And now he's he's gone from being completely off the face of the planet to being one of the true indie darlings in all of pro wrestling in a very short amount of time. So PCO will join us later in the show as well. Uh, Aaron, let's start this week, however, by discussing a topic that uh, has crept up on... Uh, I've been doing some interwebbing this week. Oh, look at uh, you. Yeah, Actually doing I, some research for this show? Well, let's ease up on all of that. Uh, it's more I like to go see what other people are saying so that I can have an opinion because I didn't really pay attention to anything that happened in wrestling. That's not, not fully true, but that's not that far away. I was going to
2: say partially true.
1: Um, This appeared to be the week And I would tend to agree with this I I have actually had high praise um, Higher praise than I think a lot of people have had For WWE TV programming In recent weeks I thought that it was largely good Um, I think that's what happens When you have matches that seem to matter That um, they're good matches Between top stars And they seem to have a point They're not just happening for the sake of happening That's a good thing for me Professional wrestling to me is always going to mean more When the matches mean more uh, I would compare this to being a sports fan. I am more inclined to watch Game Three of the American League Championship Series than I am to watch Game Sixty-Three of the regular season Correct. on a Wednesday night. Yes, um, it means more; it matters. I'm now, watching
2: the NBA Finals, and I don't watch the NBA that yeah, much.
1: Yeah, I don't watch a ton of regular season NBA yeah. games. Now, if there's something, if for some reason something is happening, you know, LeBron James going back to Cleveland for the first time after he right. went to Miami. That feels like it means something, right? right? And so you tune in for those types of games. Perhaps there's someone who is hurt that, that's making their return after a long time out. You might watch that game. Uh, a rookie who's making a debut. Uh, that happens a lot in baseball in particular. Somebody gets called up during the regular season. What was otherwise a meaningless game now feels like a game that matters. You're going to be inclined to watch. Well, yes. in pro wrestling, it's very similar to me. I compare my pro wrestling fandom to my sports fandom. I am more interested in matches that seem to matter than I am matches that are just happening for the sake of happening. Which isn't to say that I don't watch those, or that they can't be cool, or fun, or great matches, or whatever. The last few weeks, we've had matches that mattered because we needed to get eight competitors into two different Money in the Bank matches. So that allowed for a lot of qualifying matches, second chance matches, matches that seemed to matter. There was something on the line. Correct. In order... You know, And that, to me, created good television. I thought the last few weeks have been good television. This week, you ran out of that a little bit. You had one match on Raw that really felt like it mattered. That was the the tag team, gaunt, or not gauntlet match, but the tag team battle royal. Uh, because somebody had to become um, number one contenders for the tag team titles. In fact, I would have, honestly, if I were them, I would have booked that as the main event. Because it was the match that mattered, and it's a battle royal. Battle royals are always really good. Battle Royals are just always – that's why the Royal Rumble is so popular. A Battle Royal – it's not the singular reason why the Royal Rumble is popular. Yes, there's there's something more at stake there. But Battle Royals are always good on TV. I would have made that the main event if I were them. They did not. They instead put a match in the main event that, again, is cool. Like it's a cool match. No no one's complaining about. Right. But it just didn't feel like it really mattered. It felt like a placeholder to get us to Money in the Bank. Understandable. That's what they've got to do. They're still two weeks away because there's 12 weeks between pay-per-views at this point. <laughs> um, that has led to some on the internet suggesting that this was the week where you realize just how much of a problem it is again that Brock Lesnar is missing and that there is no championship picture on Raw. It's a little bit different on SmackDown. They're doing the same thing for the eighth straight right. you know, pay-per-view. And so that's why it feels a little bit stale at this point. Right but there's no championship picture at all on Raw. And while for a pay-per-view, Money in the Bank is certainly a pay-per-view where you can get away with Absolutely. not having a championship match because you have other really important matches on the card that are justifiably you know, main event worthy, you still miss week in, week out having a championship picture. Correct. And even if Brock Lesnar's not going to be there, you're not even the championship doesn't the exist the presence. Correct. The presence.
2: And that's what it really comes down to. We've we you know, we've had this talk number of times over the past few years, as long as, you know, Lesnar's been the champion. The problem isn't Lesnar's not around. I actually like the idea of him kind of showing up and, and staying there's a reason that people still pop when Brock Lesnar shows up, and it's because he shows up so infrequently. The problem is when the title picture the the title completely disappears when you don't have Paul Heyman. Like this would have been a perfect week for you have all of the people in the money in the bank there and Paul Heyman to come out and say, you know what? You can win the money in the bank, but it doesn't matter. Because as long as we have a beast like Brock Lesnar, it doesn't matter who has the briefcase. You're better off not even winning it. You're better off just letting a SmackDown guy win it because you are never winning this title. You are never beating the Beast. Absolutely. You need the presence of Paul Heyman. You need the presence of the belt. You need, you know, when you don't have a title match on there, like, I don't assume that, I think it's, what, Extreme Rules in July? It sounds like Brock Lesnar's not going to be there for that either. You need yeah. a number one contender. You need constantly to there to be. And and you have that and, now with the Money in the right. Bank. And but, Well,
1: not really because the Money in the Bank briefcase holder isn't the number one contender. He's just we're presuming a future right. champion. But, and but, that doesn't necessarily have to be somebody on Raw, which is part of the problem. And that's right. part of the problem
2: is that. But you constantly need to – they need to be competing towards the title.
1: Well, if there's not going to be a Brock Lesnar match at Extreme Rules, then they need to have a number one contender match yes. as a main event for Raw. Correct. They need to have a match. They can't determine a number one contender – you know, on Raw, on two Raw. weeks later, after um, you get past Extreme Rules, so that you can have another meaningless match in the main event. Correct. You just can't go that route. Um, but all that being said, I've this has been my issue, you know, from the get from the get go with Brock Lesnar. I've always thought there were ways to work around. If you wanted to have him be the champion and only show up every so often, that's fine. But he's got to show up every so often, and in the meantime, you still have to have. Competition—you still have
2: to have pecking order. Other guys you still need to be to calling have, out Brock Lesnar. Absolutely,
1: there has to be something that everyone is pursuing. The the concept that had been pushed for a little while was that well, the Intercontinental Championship becomes the the championship on Raw. Okay, but it's not like we all know there's a champion on Raw, and with no offense to Seth Rollins, who's clearly they're pushing as a superstar at the moment, and it's working and to it's, an extent, to an extent. There's still a a limit to that. You know what I mean? Like there's still
2: a – he's not
1: the champion on Raw.
2: Well, I mean the problem is that we know that Brock Lesnar is going to come back and then just guess what happens to Seth Rollins. He's not in the main event there.
1: Correct. And it still doesn't mean that he can't be relevant and it still doesn't mean that he can't be a star or anything along those lines. And, you know, they've done a lot with Seth Rollins and they've they've really gotten him over and that's great. But – It doesn't replace the fact that your championship picture, not just the champion, but the entire championship picture is missing from a three-hour weekly television program. And for a few weeks, irrelevant because Money in the Bank and the qualifying matches were important and good and you could deal with it, but it's a combination of things. It's now a reminder of, oh, shit, we haven't seen this guy for a while. There's been no references to the championship. Roman Reigns even really stopped kind of referencing it, right? They're 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 referencing it for him. On the the, the
2: broadcast, they are very much pushing it. They
1: will still bring it up and say he's the uncrowned champion or whatever it is. But it's very brief, and in the course of a three-hour show, your main championship should have more play than a brief mention from the broadcasters during a match. Right. That alone is not enough to make up for it. So I didn't think that was – you know, those, the people that had those opinions – now, if your opinion has been that the last month has sucked, I disagree with you. I think the three weeks until now were actually largely pretty good because the wrestling was good, the matches were good, and they felt like they mattered. This was the first week where it really jumped out to me and said, Oh, fuck, we are really doing this for a little while where there's not going to be a champion. And, you know, it's short of doing a championship tournament to get you between now and, you know, like to to crown a number one contender. I I don't know what you're doing, but the championship is really important to wrestling programming.
2: Yeah. Um, The people who are saying that this whole month. I, I agree with him. Overall, the shows, I agree, I agree, have been very good. But there has been almost a sense of not necessarily purposelessness because it was just the purpose was to get to Money in the Bank. But that was it. It was just we're filling up Money in the Bank. There's no long-term storylines really playing out here. But that's okay. And, and I'm saying – Money so, in the
1: Bank is the the third most important pay-per-view of the year. Like, honest to God, I think Money in the Bank is more important than SummerSlam until I see SummerSlam, right? right? like. Yeah I get it WrestleMania is WrestleMania and so no matter what SummerSlam's supposed to be there but like until I see what you're doing at SummerSlam this has more purpose right, right. like Money in the Bank is uh, on the level of the Royal Rumble now um that's how important the Money in the Bank pay-per-view is and so because of the existence of Money in the Bank Completely good with everything. Right, that's I, I'm
2: happened. just saying, like you know, we're not going to be thinking about this six months from now and being like, oh, remember that moment here, remember that moment here. I think, I think if your if your argument is that, I don't think that
1: happens much on Raw during the course of the year. No matter, well,
2: what. no, I mean there are moments here that's like, oh man, you know, this was cool. This started how that many, moment. How
1: many moments in well, calendar 2018 from Raw are you really going to remember?
2: Not many, but that's just because you know the writing generally but, sucks on Raw. Okay, these but days. that's what I, I don't think that's all that. I'm just I I'm giving I'm giving if you're saying that this past month has been not me- meaningless but if you if you're criticizing it that's where you're criticizing you're not really criticizing the shows because the shows as you said have been pretty good they've put on pretty good matches and and You know, if you want to, if that's what you watch wrestling for, the matches, like our friend AJ says, then you've been very happy with the past few weeks.
1: The problem, I mean, but I even the story, I'm telling the storylines have been good. Look, Sami Zayn and, and, (laughs) and Bobby Lashley has sucked, and what they've done with Nia Jax is garbage. Fine, those two things, awful. Outside of that, everything's been good, it's all working, it's all quality. Um, Rusev's red hot on SmackDown The is red hot on SmackDown Yeah, we're kinda Feeling fatigue about AJ Styles and Shinsuke
2: Nakamura And I hate the fact that we've gotten to that point Though I, with did, AJ en- I did enjoy the no, I uh, it was, contract right, sign. I, thought I thought it was different right. I thought, you know, finally Again, it's really weird that Didn't that match, or, or that segment Really set up to a Titles can change hands on a DQ Like, that seems like where they were going for it for AJ Like, the whole Segment seemed to be, oh, AJ's losing his mind right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shinsuke's really getting under his skin. Yeah, that's fine. So it's it's it was weird for a Last Man Standing match at that, but I, I enjoyed right. this segment.
1: Look, I, I think that in general, programming has been good. I think this was the first week, and it's unique to, again, there's two unique circumstances. On Raw, it's because the champion is missing. On SmackDown, it's because we are getting fatigued. By the same thing over and over again, and not even necessarily by the fact that we're getting the same thing, but how it's gone about becoming the same thing over and over again. If these two guys were, like, hot-shotting the title
2: back and forth— Or putting on five-star matches each time. uh, Oh, my God, yeah.
1: I mean, we we would feel completely different. Um, It's it's multiple non-finishes that have left us in a— and then the one finish was in a non-title match, right? You yeah. know what I mean. Like it just sort of left us in. A, All right, we're doing this again. I mean, okay. it,
2: it, this is also a unique situation because of they never planned on this being a six-week gap in between pay-per-views. This was supposed to have that the Baltimore right, pay-per-view, right. whatever it was, ba- back payback. Uh, yeah, payback, yeah, backlash, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why they call it what we call it in, in in be in between, and that was supposed to be what happened, and. We know WWE at this point; they can't write six week stories. Like they, they're just incapable of doing that yeah, for whatever they, reason, which is really weird. Why they
1: couldn't have dragged out qualifying another yeah, week? Yeah, well, right? they,
2: they didn't have to have qualifying the first night after back well, or think, payback or I think whatever it was. Smart it was. to have
1: some, but again, you had eight spots in two matches, so you had sixteen total spots up right. for grabs. Plus, you had you know number one contendership for tag team title. Like, they, right. they, You couldn't have dragged out all of these many. That's we're talking about like eighteen, twenty things that mattered that you could have dragged out over the course of exactly. six weeks. Exactly. And they didn't do that. And that's the bummer. The only thing that's left at this point is figuring out which member of the Ruda New Day, Day is. That's it. Um. So yeah, that's that would have been a better way to go about doing that over the span of six weeks. Is to say, hey, we're going to take this this week, this this next week, and I I get it that. You want to start branding who's in the match and you want to build graphics and I understand all of those but things. But you can do that. You get some, you know. Well, how about you don't name a number one contender for the second contender for the secondary titles until two weeks out? Right. How about you don't, you know, this could have been the week where you could have determined which of the money in the bank qualifying match losers ends up getting a shot at, at, at winning the, the Intercontinental yep. title or mm-hmm. something like that. There are things that you could have done in order to drag it out a little bit better so there are still meaningful things happening at this point. Uh, two weeks out, you know, before next week when you get to your go home shows. That all being said, I think this will forever be the problem with not having your champion around. It's the same thing we've been talking about for a long time. The question becomes are, are they learning from this and saying we'll never do this again? Or do they think, hey, look at how great we are. We've managed to make it through despite only happening, and it's made Brock Lesnar so much more valuable for when we use him.
2: Not, not just – I mean, again, we, we go back to the, the ultimate trump card. Oh, yeah, by the way, for the past year we've been doing this, and now we have the biggest TV deal we've ever had. Right, correct. Like that's yeah, the ultimate tr- – it, it yeah. really doesn't matter. It's, it's the era of it doesn't well, matter. Well, I
1: ask in context. Like, do you think if Ronda Rousey were to get the belt at some point, they would do this with her?
2: No, I think she'd be around more often. I think but that- I'm saying if she came back and said, I don't want that,
1: I did that for a little while when I started my run with you guys. I'm a year in. I've paid my dues.
2: Oh, you're talking about okay. I I mean, I I, quite frankly, I'm not talking about right now. Oh, I I expected to get the belt right now. But I'm I'm
1: not saying right now. I'm saying you get to a point with Ronda Rousey, say after SummerSlam next year, okay, where she's now been around for over a year, okay, where she's done, you know, worked a lot of shows and and she's been a good soldier in the whole thing. And now she just sort of gets to a point where she says, yeah, I don't feel like I have to do that anymore. I feel like now I could sort of get the Brock schedule a little bit. Like I'm a star, I could be around when I want to be around. I might want to fight again. You know, I might want to go that route. So give me what I want. Do you think they would allow her to do that? It's a little bit different. It's because a little bit. It's, not, di- the it's not
2: the very top, right? Exactly. Um, my hunch is, I mean, yeah, they'd let her do. They'd let her do whatever she wants to do. Right. I don't know if they'd let her go the full Brock. The you know, I'm not going basically not going to show up between right. Mania and SummerSlam. Could I see her sh- start showing up every? Maybe only at pay per views or even every other pay per view. Yeah, I could potentially see that. Though I don't know if she would want to do that. Maybe in a year, you're right that she would. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I I think that's a tough one. I think that she's. We'd have to see in a year what she's worth to WWE. That's the other. You know. Well, I hear you.
1: Well, I mean, look, they're You know, they clearly think that she is a superstar. Oh, and superstar. And, and
2: right now she's you know it's paying off she's every time she's announced for a a building that building you know gets a ton of walk-up tickets like she is a draw right now there's no question about it will she still be a draw in a year Uh, we'll see we'll see Uh they're they're not putting her in the best position i don't think not that they're doing anything horrendous right now though having her come out and do commentary when she really can't do commentary is not exactly playing to her strengths there but um and, and I just thought that she was better this week. She she was better. I she was, better. but that, that's a very low bar. Uh, to I don't play. know.
1: I didn't think she was bad. I didn't think she was bad at all. I thought she was fine on commentary yeah. this week. I, thought, I mean,
2: I did, the, the main thing I remember about that is— she's not Carmela. Carmela's really good. Oh Carmella yeah, Carmela's
1: great. Really good on yes. commentary. Yes, like unbelievably exactly. good in that role.
2: Um, but, I mean, the main thing I'm thinking about that is just the, the Nia thing. And, you know, they they go back to, oh, is she – is she, it's yeah, Nia I mean, a little sympathetic. Like, if you're going to turn her heel, just turn her yeah, heel. It you does know, I, no, no one's I hear you. I hear favors. You. All right, well, why don't we do that? Uh, when we come
1: back in, we're going to chat with uh, PCO, who is coming to the Commonwealth Cup this weekend at Nova Pro. After that, why don't we talk more about what else happened this week in the world of WWE on, on television. We'll just talk more about the nitty-gritty of things that occurred. Sounds good. Uh, PCO will join us next. Former WWF Tag Team Champion and now a 50-year-old indie darling. That's next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron Oster. This is Jobbing Out. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY, paid for by the US Army. here on Jotting Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. and Of course, this weekend down in Annandale, it is the Commonwealth Cup at Nova Pro Wrestling. An incredible weekend of both men's and women's matches. I mean, it is loaded cards throughout the course of the weekend. If you're a wrestling fan, you need to be in Annandale for sure this weekend. Among those on said cards is a man who accomplished an incredible amount of things during his run, both the WWF and WCW. And now has, like, completely reinvented himself. He's almost a totally different dude. He's a former tag team champion as part of the Quebecers, and now you know him as PCO, and what he's doing is absolutely effing ridiculous. And he joins us here on Jobbing Out. Dude, it's uh, it's Glenn and Aaron here in Baltimore. Holy crap, man. Uh, what you're doing is unreal. Thank you for taking the time to join us this week.
3: Oh, thank you for that nice super intro. I mean, that's... Uh you're right on i mean everything that you've said uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's very appropriate i mean uh, about the past and everything and what's going on right now and uh yeah, and tomorrow night what's coming up and saturday night the big tournament so uh yeah you're you're right on
2: so you know, I I was down there in New Orleans when you were there for spring break, and when your name popped up, when when Janella announced, "Hey, PCO is going to be here," a lot of people's reaction was, "Whoa, that's cool!" And where has he been? So so, where have you been, and what sparked this this renaissance for you?
3: Well, uh, I, I took some uh, some year off of the ring, not not to be off the ring, but just to uh, sharpen my craft and. Uh I was just uh, working on my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, working on my karate Kyokushin and especially working out like with a different trainer. Uh, who I think he's the best trainer in the world. Uh, he's uh he's known for having the best grip in the world and uh, when this guy took me under his wing as far as uh, uh you know conditioning uh, and and training because there's there's a big gap between a tag team match and a single match where uh you need to be in a super super top tip, tip shot uh, you know you got to be super in shape to uh to be able to perform for 25 30 minutes if it needs to be and you can not never you know have a break or tag someone so um i just I just think everything uh together uh, when I crossed roads with uh, Mike, which is Destro, when, when we cross roads, when we met each other, I mean, everything started to uh, uh, fall into place for me. And the match with uh, Walter, New Orleans, uh, kind of triggered the whole uh, new blood, new kind of an era that uh, uh, I'm bringing in into pro wrestling uh, by the fact i you no, know, the promos that we've been doing and everything.
1: All right, so if you're not familiar with PCO, he was, as you mentioned, formerly WWF, WCW. You would have known him as Jean-Pierre Lafitte, who was part of the Quebecers, uh, won a few tag team titles. You actually retired from professional wrestling a few years ago.
3: and it's one... Well, not really. I never okay. retired. I never took a retirement match. I never uh, had a press conference saying I was going to retire from the business. It was more like uh, I've done a radio show and I just was more like, you know, I'm going to like take a break, but it was not like a retirement, an official retirement match. Okay. Uh, I never, never retired really. Like I always had that dream since I was 14 years old of what I could accomplish in this business. And uh, to tell you the truth, at one point, uh, maybe it was uh, hanging by a string, you know, it's like uh, it was hard to see hope. But um, when 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 we met, me and Mike, and uh, we started working out together, and, and then I started having some matches, and uh, then I then I could see that I was up to the level that what the guys, you know, the, the top of the the best, the top guys of what's happening in the wrestling world today, if you. Well, you know all the names, you know that that's going to be in that tournament, you know, sure. and and some other names that might not be on the tournament, but uh, the top names, like top fifteen, twenty guys, uh, just had like I uh, just had like uh, another match with Joey Janilla, uh, in Jersey, uh, June second, and we totally tore the house down. I mean, uh, everything went viral on uh, social media. I mean. Everywhere on the net. Uh it went organic, it went totally crazy. Uh at one point I threw him from the balcony downstairs and the crowd catched him. I don't know if you saw that clips. Yeah. And uh also he was trying to break a piece of wood over my head right. and my, my head popped through that piece of wood and I broke it in half and uh uh those those two uh parts of the matches uh, they went really viral that that went all over the world and in every social platform so um so that that's been creating such a, a huge buzz It's like it was a big buzz after the Walter match, which if people don't know, Walter is an Austrian guy six four three hundred pounds uh, about twenty eight thirty years old and uh He's like basically one of the top uh indie guys right now on the circuit and uh, uh, and he's well known for for you know slapping his hands on chests you know for his chops yeah and and um my chest turned out to be purple, black, and
1: yeah, it looked like hamburger all I mean.
3: kinds of color, and yeah, uh, it's just that I kept on going kept on going and uh and then when I was adding stuff like uh springboard moonsault, uh, and tope over the top rope, and, and things like that, and uh, people started to get behind me, and I, the, the mouth started to, the jaw started to drop a bit, and then people just kind of got excited towards the end of the match, and when I won the match, everybody was like shocked, you know, it was like a shock, a big shock, and um and for the and then, and then I had like some more matches like during the 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 year. That was in April, so after that I've I've been working every weekend since then. And uh last week I was working George and in, in Jersey in his hometown and the crowd was just like on fire, like chanting PCO, PCO, PCO and uh it was uh, it was such an amazing night that at the at top uh, the match with Walter at the WrestleMania weekend—it was like a notch on top. But it's hard to say it was better. But if I compare that—if you have like two children, you cannot say I uh, like one more than the other one. They're different, but uh, it's just to me—it feels like the match with Janela was like uh, another notch, uh, a bit more, a little bit of more like um, I do like a moonsault of the top rope, and I think. Uh, Every time I hit the moonsault, uh, I think people got so impressed by the height that I'm getting and uh, all the techniques that I got into that move, like, I put into the move. And uh, it creates, uh, like, uh, more than a buzz, it creates, like, uh, question marks (laughs) in the the head of, of people. Like, they're starting to... To ask themselves, uh, is this guy is he human? Is he normal? What is what is it about him that makes him so special? So let's get to that. That's the question I've been asked. people have been asking on my Twitter. Yeah,
1: that's and that's sort of where I wanted to go because you know when I said retirement break, that's fine. But like, it's one thing for you to come out of this and say, hey, I still want to work some matches. I'm I don't think that I'm done yet. I could I could still go do this. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing at about 50 years old to 50 say. Years old. Yeah, I'm going to be doing the most insane things that you could possibly imagine. I'm going to be, you know, I'm not just coming out to to work some matches and take a couple of bumps. I'm coming out here to let uh, a man rip my, you know, chest apart and make me look like hamburger meat. Like why was it for you that this was what you wanted to do as you decided to come out of that break and and get back into it being essentially a full-time wrestler?
2: It's
3: just uh just that I felt like uh, every time during my career, like if I if I, if I taken my first big break that I got in WWE, WWF, um, I had for for that break to come I had to really quit all other jobs and concentrate and believe in myself. It, it feels like uh, if you if you uh, if you don't believe in yourself you you're going to always keep like another job just in case you don't make enough money or just in case if things don't work out the way you think they're going to work out and and sometimes uh, as as people get older and they have uh, kids and responsibilities they're they're thinking uh, less of taking chances and more of uh, uh making sure that uh, you know they're not going to in debt or uh, you know a grudge on some savings or you know not having a, not having enough money to pay the bills and things like that but me i'm the other way around you know it's like okay now you know we're doing this so let's quit everything else we're doing just concentrate on making the best promos that we can put a lot of efforts on our promos put a lot of efforts in the gym uh i heard a uh, you know a, a trainer for a gymnastic you know make sure you know i can uh when i do something it's just i'm not just throwing myself in the air and if i land somewhere i'll land somewhere but it's there's proper like maths and physiques and love physiques that that are you know everything uh, is counting there and then when i do it, a move like a moonsault there are seven or eight uh really technical points that are very important for for uh, being able to really hit a good one. And uh, that's why I'm getting the best coaches, the best teachers that I can get. And put all my energy on, on, on this because this is the most important run of my life. And this is the most important run in the fact that this is um, – who I am really the character that I'm playing it's really me p c o it's not like uh um some uh, Mountie police who uh <laughs> a little bit of the uh, chicken shit you know type of deal like uh uh who's uh, scared or or you know is gonna hit someone and start running and and getting uh being hated for for doing s- such things. It's more uh, one of those deals where, okay, you can hit me, but you're going to have to hit me harder than that because I've got courage, uh, I've got, you know, uh, resilience, uh, I've got everything, you know, I'm not a quitter, you know, I'm going to fight until the last drop of blood and the last sip of hair. So, you know, I I can't breathe no more until there's no more, uh, you know. It's just the warrior, inside of me uh, coming out and it's just a, transli- a trans and translate from all my years of, of trying to accomplish something and having a lot of adversity a lot of setbacks a lot of failures and uh, being able to go through that and and not letting nobody label me as something that i never thought i was or trying to put a label on me uh, for something that they thought I was, but I knew deep down inside deep down inside myself what I could be and what I was and what i am and uh that's the purpose of all that that's why I drove forty hours with my car to new orleans uh and I drove back uh to Canada that's why you know i'm I'm on the road you know uh for three four days uh, a week and with uh with you know, some boys in the cars and, you know, being on airports and being all over the world and, uh, and just wrestling and not doing anything, uh, any other things, not having any other jobs, not a, and, and throughout that process, like you said, I, I retired at one point. I was doing the uh, voiceovers for, uh, PNA in French, uh, back home in Montreal. And, um, in 2008, and I I quit that job, and the uh, my boss came up to me. He says, "PCO, says, if you if you want, we can keep your job for for three months, and if it doesn't work out over there, I was going over in England, and I was trying to get a contract with WWE. And he says, if it doesn't work out after three months, you can come back and you'll have your job here. And I was making like a lot of money for you know an hour a week. It was like huge money." great contract, good condition, but it's not what I want it to be, it's not where I want it to be, so I said Robert, if I say yes to your your deal, it's like saying I don't believe in my chance of making it, and so I said just hire someone else, and I just quit that job, and I went and I didn't make it, and it was just part of my, uh, my story, that's why when I making my way to the ring, all those emotions are coming throughout my Personality, my character, my, to my charisma, if you want, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's like some sort of charisma because it's all the wars, the one that I lost, the battle that I lost, and and just coming back from everything and just saying, I'm here to stay.
2: You talked about uh, the videos, and that first video you put out for Spring Break had you featured you ripping a deck of cards in half with your bare hands. Since then, you've upped the ante with each video. You, had, you were being electrocuted in the last one that uh, you were in. What, what was the idea behind the videos? And, and you said it's something that's really important to you, and, and why is it so important? Okay,
3: the thing is uh, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things about showing my strength and, and showing my toughness. And I think uh, to be able to uh, have success in wrestling, you have to be tough. You have to be able to endure pain. You have to be able to uh, work, even if you have an injury, if you get injured. uh, You have to be made uh, out of something special. And those trainings are showing the people uh, what PCU is all about, how much pain you can endure. And it's also... Uh, it shows mentally what I did injure and physically what I can injure. So it goes both ways. Uh, Throughout my career, it's been very tough mentally, but I I was always on top of of it. And I'm not meaning I was on top of it because it's been some time where I was really down, but I always came back strong from it. No, No matter how hard I got hit, I got up. And Basically, those videos are, in a way, showing that how, oh, no matter how hard you know you you put a tennis ball in my mouth and I'm, I'm gonna keep it in between my teeth until it rips apart. You if if I throw a deck of cards, me I'm gonna rip it up apart just to show the, the strength of my hands and also I can ensure, You know, even if my hands are bleeding from the cards, I will tear it down. And it's just to show the heart that you have to put the passion that you have to put into something and believe in yourself. And how bad are you willing to pay the price to get what you really want to get? And uh, the bigger is your goal, the larger is your goal, uh, the bigger is the task. And uh, the videos are uh, like uh, proof of that. And also, the electricity is uh, is giving me power instead of, instead of getting me weak, it, it makes me like it's like you shot me with electricity. Well, it, it cranks me, you know it gives me like I, I become mad, I become like uh, crazier. so uh, it goes the other way around, like sometimes when you shock someone, he falls down and he's out. To me, it was the other way around, so that's the importance of the, uh, the electricity in the videos.
1: PCO is with us here on Jobbing Out. He's going to be in Annandale this weekend for Nova Pro Wrestling's Commonwealth Cup. He's got Nick Gage in the first round. The king round. of ultraviolence, Nick uh, Gage. Yeah, tomorrow night. You can go to novaprowrestling.tumblr.com to find out more about an amazing event this weekend. Uh, do you have a plan like a goal i guess maybe is the better way of saying this now that you've you've sort of reinvented yourself or or you know become pco you're still you're 50 like is there a goal is there a here's where i want to be in a year in two years is there a hey i don't really know that i see myself doing this for five more there's
3: a plan yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't do that if i didn't have a goal and I wouldn't be able to perform like this if I didn't have a goal. You know, when you're doing something just for fun, you're doing it just for fun. When you're doing something with a purpose, then the passion comes out of you. The passion, you know, you're, everything you do becomes so much more important to you and to everybody who's watching you because they can feel that you're doing that because you're trying to get somewhere, you know, not trying, you're going somewhere. And, you have a goal and 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 that goal it's it's to uh to be able to you know with the with with the, if a little bit more time i don't say five years ten years but a little bit more time maybe a couple, maybe a six months maybe another year maybe a six months a, between a year and a half or, or two years at the top it's to uh to be able you know to 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 draw a large crowd and to, to the biggest crowd you know in pro wrestling uh that's what you know destro said you know that's that's where he wants to that's where he wants to bring me you know that's where that's what the goal is it's to to be able to uh make history in pro wrestling which i, I think i did in, in a way in 2018 uh already with the walter match the general match and the Dickinson matches the Josh Alexander there's there's so many matches that I have like every weekend I said like uh, I was in Portland Oregon too you know, I've, I've worked like everywhere in the States and 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 to be uh, welcome the way that I am like everywhere there's always like a standing ovation at, at the end of a match or there's always like I said some chance the PCO chance at the beginning of a match during my entrance or while the match is going on and everything, every night has has been so special to me. They've been like so, so great. It's it's been such a a thrill. And um, we're just, we're just keep focusing on that goal of uh, not just becoming the best, you know, in the business, but not the best as far as, you know, getting belts or. Getting victories or just being, you know, someone who gets wins or gets some matches, but getting the people to being in that attraction where people want to see PCO. Uh, that's that's what I'm working at. That's what that's what I really want. That's what the that's what the goal is, and that's what the goal was when I was 14 years old. You know? So the same goals uh, never left my my spirit, my mind, my heart. It was always deep down inside there and uh that's why I said I, I never let nobody label me because if I would have you know, I wouldn't have uh came back, you know, uh in two thousand seventeen and, and started that uh the biggest run of my life because uh, the WWE run with the belts, the tag belts was huge. But to me, it was nothing compared to what I'm going through right now. I mean, it wasn't. uh, It was totally different. It's it's not the same. It's like uh, uh, if you could be myself. If you could be in the middle of of the ring when I was in the middle of the ring in Jersey uh, last Saturday. I mean, I had matches with Bret Hart. You know, I had like top matches with Bret Hart. I had matches with Undertaker. I had matches uh... Shawn michaels that were great awesome match but the crowd was nothing like electric like like it was last saturday or like it was at, at the end of uh, the match with walter and uh... In louisiana it's, it's just uh... just another and i was there live when when the rock was Getting booed everywhere he was, and when it popped out for him, and I was there when uh, Stone Cold uh, was the ringmaster, and you could hear a pin drop during his match because nobody really cared about what he was doing in the ring. And overnight, when he he said that three sixteen, that you know the phrase that he took off from Jake Roberts, and it became three sixteen Steve Austin. And it popped out over the night like that. Um, it, it just feels a little bit like that since my match with Walter. It's just been like, uh, just been like pretty crazy, you know. Like uh, without all the push of the WWE, it's just been on the indie scene. But there's a lot of talent, and I've been put against all the best on the indie scene, you know, on, on the indies. And and and, and been put with the best wrestlers, um, it's it gives a, it gives a chance. You know, for me, it gives me a chance to to show that I can be as good, if not better, than what the best have to offer. So it's just been a great opportunity, and I think uh, I was like. Uh, uh, opportunities enough to take advantage of it. And, but I did, I did, it, it looks like an opportunity, but I created that opportunity by working so hard at it. You know, it's nothing was, uh, handed to me like on a silver platter. It, it really was like, it still is like, even though I'm having a success one night, the next day I'm in the gym working harder. So it's, it's a total different mindset. What I've got now and what I what I had when I was twenty five years old, twenty seven years old, it's, it, the mindset is it's uncom- uncomparable. You know, you can't compare. It's like uh, it's like two different mindsets.
2: You know, you talk about uh, wrestling in front of a big crowd, and you want a crowd coming to see you. And of course, we have All In coming up in September, uh, ten thousand. You know. 10,000 fans coming out to see it. Your name has been floated around. Would you want to be an all-in? And if you could make your match anybody on the planet to face, what would that match be?
3: Uh, for all-in, if, if 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 they would book me for all-in, like uh, right now the way that, that everything is placed, uh, I'd go with that, uh, another match against Janela uh, because he's already booked on the card, and I don't know who he's booked against, but I think... From what I saw, uh, that would be, you know, for for the Chicago market and for for all the reasons that, that I think it would be good. Me, I think me and, and Joey can tear it down uh, at all in. But there's a bunch of other names that, that comes to my mind that could be great. Uh, I think of Matt Riddle. I think of uh, Will Osprey, Flip Gordon smaller guys but that sometimes that's a good matchup a big powerful guy and a small guy and uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can do um and there's there's some big dude like uh, Brody King Jeff Cobb uh that are really really good too that uh I think could could be a great matchup for me
2: and um
3: there's uh, there's uh, Tom Lawler, um uh, there's a bunch of other guys like uh that I would love to work uh that you no, know, like uh, anybody basically that'd be you know, pretty much on the top ten, you know, uh, indie uh worker uh, that I'm sure I could tear it down yeah. with either of them, but From what I saw with Joey, the the craziness that he brought, and and Mike, the way that I'm crazy too, like uh, I think uh, that's a good matchup. But uh, that's I'm just saying that because I know he's already booked on the card. But uh, I'm open to to anybody, like even the young bucks, or you know, like ROH talent, Cody Rhodes. but I think they're probably already booked with someone. But uh, there's plenty of talent there, so I'm, I'm really open to anybody. Uh, I just I just have a lot of confidence in myself that I I know I can I can I uh, can kill it.
1: And for good reason, because it's been an awful lot of fun to watch what it is that you've been doing this year, man. It's incredible. All right, the Commonwealth Cup this weekend in Annandale gets underway Friday night. Uh, You're going to want to be there. It's going to be an incredible, incredible event at the Annandale Volunteer Fire Department as part of Nova Pro Wrestling. And, again, you can find out more by going to novaprowrestling.tumblr.com or go on Twitter at VA Wrestling in order to find out more. Uh, PCO, what about you? Uh, Social media-wise, T-shirts, anything like that, what should we be plugging for you?
3: Uh basically everything starts from my twitter account you know uh, my my facebook is on my twitter like uh, page my uh, my instagram everything is it's like on twitter is my favorite platform uh, i love the way it works uh, it's always the first place that i uh, write something that i go uh, watch you know the tweets the the response to the, from the public uh, uh, the public is like the, really. Um, as soon as they they they, they get into an arena, they watch my match or something. They right away as soon as I get out of the ring, there's already some clippings of some moves that I did during the match. It's great comments. So, uh, Twitter uh, P C O at uh, P C O Quebecer. That's my uh, Twitter. Uh, uh, account address and from there like, you, like I said you can have access to my YouTube account to my uh, Instagram account to my Facebook account but just sus- subscribe to my uh, Twitter account and from there Every, everything will fall into place. and will be able to uh, follow me everywhere.
1: Awesome. At PCO, seriously, it's uh, incredible seeing what you've been doing, and we can't wait to see what's next. Looking forward to this weekend with the uh, Commonwealth Cup, and thank you so much for taking some time for us.
3: Hi, oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on your show. And uh, it's going to be a the start of a tournament, I think, uh, tomorrow night at Nick Gage right from the get-go which is uh, a mean dude. So it's going to be a hell of a, a fight there. So uh, just looking forward to see all the fans and to meet you guys over there. And uh, thank you, uh Thanks a lot for having me and uh, giving me the chance to share my story and my experience and how blessed that I've been, uh, you know, in my life to be able to, to live an extraordinary uh, life in the year 2018.
2: Uh, it's been uh, unreal. Wow.
1: Ooh, a lot in there. PCO, man. Holy crap. Dude,
2: that guy's nuts. He's yeah, not, yeah, you know,
1: you're right about it. And, like, the the, the funny thing is, like, I remember reading something – I remember so, I read somebody's WrestleMania weekend recap. Yeah. And they were talking about – I'm like, who, I don't even remember the fucking – Like, I I sort of do. You, you
2: remember they but existed, it, but you but can't But it was in really.
1: my sort of downtime. It was in my dark period, if you will,
2: as a wrestling fan.
1: Right. And I'm like, man, what th- that guy? Like, yeah. that guy?
2: It, it's it's one of those weird things. When, when they were doing all the videos to hype up Spring Break and I see uh, – they just, they just put it out there, Walter versus PCO. I was like, oh, Walter versus, wait, PCO, and right. then I, I have to Google who's PCO. Right. And then I'm like, him, okay, what am I missing here? Yeah. There's no clearly doubt. something I was missing, and what I was missing was that there's a 50-year-old willing to kill himself. But, I mean, look, it's, obviously it's
1: given him a career again. It's given him a, a sort of a life in pro wrestling again, and uh, it'll be a cool weekend down at uh, Nova Pro, yep. so that's awesome stuff all right uh what else do we need to cover from WWE television this week what else do we need to get into
2: um you seemed you said that you what did you think of the battle royal you said you liked it i like the i don't know what
1: problem you would have with the battle royal
2: um Honestly, uh, one of the problems is I've never been – I love the Royal Rumble. I've never been a big battle royal. Like put them all in at the yeah. same time and throw them – I've never been a big fan of that. So, so I'm not necessarily – I think it's there.
1: awkward. It's more awkward with tag teams, you know what I mean, because you got to throw yeah. them both out and the whole thing. But I have no
2: – Were I love, you surprised they included Drew and Dolph for seemingly them, no reason just to have them lose? No, because they're a tag team. And but they weren't. they weren't involved in that segment last week.
1: Okay, that's fine, but they're still... They, if I'm Drew McIntyre Authors and Dolph
2: Ziggler... Authors of Z- Pain are a, are a tag team, and they weren't in well, it. Yeah, they
1: haven't really been involved. They haven't really been on the show. Which is weird. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. That part is weird. Um, if you're Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, and you're on a show, and there's a battle royal for tag team championships, you'd absolutely want to be in it. Um, and I thought the way they did it was fine, because yeah, they protected they, they, they did, Drew. Right, right. I think there was no problem with that. Um, and are well. And they it, got their here's heat my
2: back. question coming from it. Are are they speeding up the the separation between the two? No, I mean probably
1: two? probably at some point. Yes. I mean like on honest to god, what is the point of having Dolph Ziggler the, and Drew McIntyre as a tag team? Right. Like what is the long-term right.
2: Exactly. I mean so, the, the the long-term goal seems to be okay, eventually Drew's going to snap on him and that's how Well, I think that that's that the point.
1: And yes. I think that was the way to get him on television and they yep. st- they clearly have no idea what they're doing with Dolph Ziggler. I mean they clearly have no I have no idea why they gave him the contract that they gave him because they have no clue how to use him and it doesn't make any sense, but um, if the idea was use him to help Drew McIntyre and that's going to set up a big Drew McIntyre-Dolph Ziggler match, that's fine. The problem is at some point, at some point, Dolph Ziggler has to win a match. Like, he has to win something to look like he matters again right. or else it doesn't matter how many times, you know, you keep doing these things.
2: Right. I mean, my if they're going to really speed up this breakup, like, what was the point of even having them together in the first place?
1: I mean, I hear you. I do. I hear you, but
2: it doesn't bother me in any way.
1: Yeah. Um and again, I, I I thought all of it was was fine. Now, you know, is it is it is it um is it unbelievable that the B team would be able to beat Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy? It's a little unbelievable. I don't expect them to. But I don't know, man. Like there's a part of me that would love the idea of them saying we're going to do a couple of month run with the B team and see what it can do for us.
2: I don't know. I, I I mean, here's the thing. I don't think they're particularly enamored with Bray and Matt. Like, they're not no. getting a lot of screen time. You know, they're they're pretty much against enhancement talent. I mean, it's, it's felt more like we have two guys that we both know we think something
1: of, but we don't know what we're doing with right. them. Well, what the hell? Coming out of this, why don't we just pair them up with Bear each other and, and see
2: where it goes? Right. So if, you, if you're telling me that, okay, they all of a sudden see something in the B team, yes. Do I buy them winning? Nah, probably not. Not really, no. no. Not really at all. Um,
1: but I, look, I enjoyed it, and I honestly God thought it should have been the main event of the night. I yeah. thought that that would have been a great way to end the show. Is well, better the team.
2: better than the five-minute, oh, crap, where we need to fill time right. here, yeah, so we're going to kind of take turns climbing the ladder. Yeah, that was a little bit much.
1: Yeah. Um, I, had, I did have a funny moment because I, I watched the last hour of the show on Tuesday with my son. Okay. And I experienced the first time as a parent my son was actually scared for Finn Balor. During the match, Oh, really? he was actually really afraid for Finn Balor. That's funny. That Finn, like, and like he had a moment where he was like, huh, and he was
2: scared, and he needed a hug. And I was oh. like, Oh god, I forget that, like, that ha- That's gonna happen now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to deal with that. He-, he actually cares about people and doesn't want them to get hurt. Yep, I'm gonna have to deal with that in the coming years. That- which
1: is funny because he's a huge Braun Strowman fan. Like, so, he loves and he's Braun the one Strowman. wrecking everybody. And I'm like, it, like, and he does say to me, he's like, well, he's never like, and this is the other thing I do. Like, at some point, Braun Strowman's gonna lose, and my son's not gonna be happy about that. Oh yeah. Like, all he knows is Braun Strowman being a guy that wrecks shop and, Mm -hmm. and, like, you know what I mean? So at some point he's going to lose and he's going to be very confused as to what's going on Mm -hmm. at that point. I'll have to deal with that.
2: Uh, What do you think of Constable Corbin?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's better than anything else they're giving him, so... I, I,
2: I think the idea... I don't know if Corbin's necessarily the right guy, but a guy who is there to represent Stephanie when she's not... like right. I think that's a very, very good idea.
1: Yeah, it, gotta, it's, a, it's presence. Right, correct. And I have no problem with that. And given the fact that you have nothing for Baron Corbin and you've never known what to do with Baron Corbin and... You, look, I've said before, I really think that his look kills him. Um, why not have it be Baron Corbin? I mean, who else would be in that role that would make a whole lot of sense? Um, so I'm fine with it. it. That that works for me. Now I have to see what they do with it, and and if there's a plan for that. I mean, if this is leading to Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle at Summerslam, <laughs> I,
2: I don't think that's the case. Uh, I mean, I, I could see Baron Corbin versus Triple H? H. Well, no, no. I mean, I was thinking just someone who. Angle could appoint, and I was about to say Jason Jordan to try to get him over as a face again. Yeah, but, but I
1: mean, yeah, nobody yeah. No, nobody
2: I, I don't think that's working. That's why I stopped midway through the sentence because I realized, yeah, that's probably not going to work.
1: Um, I, I,
2: I did, I did enjoy him pointing out the fact that yeah, it's really dumb that Bailey was allowed to be tagged in. Well, yeah, it
1: yeah, is, <laughs> it is a little bit dumb. It is a little bit dumb. But also, who cares? You know what I mean? Right. Like, also, so you didn't win the match. Oh, that's a bummer. That's a real bummer. Yep. We won. Uh, that's the end of that. <laughs> Uh, or do you think what's what do you think they're doing with Natalya?
2: I, I I still think I, I really think she's winning the briefcase. She's winning the briefcase and she's possibly cashing in immediately on Ronda. On Ronda, yeah, I, I think that's where we're I think we're going to Ronda. It to was Natalia interesting to me Somerset.
1: that they brought it up on Tuesday night that she was hurt and that you know like a, a, alluding to the idea that maybe she's not going to be in the match. Like I've I've thought it was weird that you would have Sasha in that match and not have Bailey in it. Right. And so could they
2: pull Natalia an and put Bailey in the place? Right. Why why bother doing this stuff with why why bother having Natalia in the first place then?
1: Well, it creates a scenario where she's pissed off that I she see. got removed from the match okay. and now it would help explain her being angry and her maybe taking her anger out on Ronda Rousey. It right. would create a situation where, you know, like it it would be logical for her to be angry that she was removed from a match that she thought she could compete in and now look at what I'm going to do now I'm going to cost you something. Like maybe Ronda is the one on Monday night that says like you know maybe they send her out there for a match on Monday night mm-hmm. and she tries to get through it and Ronda's out there with her and Ronda sort of throws in the towel and right. says look you know you, you just can't do this you need to get out of the match you can't compete on on Sunday you need to let somebody else take that spot and now Bailey gets put into that spot and then Sunday night Natalia attacks Rhonda and explains it by saying, Hey, look, I'm pissed off that you spoke for me. You know, you had no right, right to make that decision for me. And it, it, it does. It, it works for storytelling purposes. It does. It so, does. That,
2: that's not a terrible idea. I and, mean, that's a pretty good idea. And it though. never really made sense that
1: you would have Sasha in the match and not Bailey. Right. Like, well, no matter they, what you're doing. I know. You might yeah. say, Hey, look, we're, we've given up on Sasha Bailey, but like, you're still attaching them at all times. <laughs> right. I know. So why in the world. Would you have one of them in the match and not the other one unless – I don't know. I, I mean I just can't think of any logical reason for
2: that. Yeah, I mean it, it all fits. I don't know if that's necessarily I, – I think it's more – You know, I, I think she's going to win the briefcase. But, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But, um, yeah, what? I mean that's definitely plausible.
1: What else jumped out at you from this week?
2: Uh, from this week uh, – Who had the
1: best match on Raw?
2: Who did it? Cause the the problem – I really liked where Finn and Kevin were uh-huh. going. It just – it felt a little short and, and the ending was abrupt. Uh-huh. So it's – I mean I, I think it's that one. I'd probably yeah, I'd probably give it to that one. But I would tend to agree, by the way. Yeah, I mean the the tag match at the beginning of the night was very good.
1: I but I also really liked the the tag team battle royal. That's the other thing for me. I really liked it. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was good. So you,
2: you'll almost never get me to agree that a battle royal was the best match of the night.
1: Well, you're a jerk. All right, we'll, we'll <laughs> have to let uh, AJ deal with that next week. Uh, anything else we need to cover?
2: Um, you know you. Uh, it, it, the one thing that stuck out on me on SmackDown, besides we already talked a little bit about the contract signing, um, it, this isn't really new. Joe's just on another level with promos. Joe oh, might be the best Mike guy in the company no right now. No it's he's, it, it, he's unbelievable right now. I did like seeing Becky Lynch win. That That's a huge plus. Um, Carl Anderson getting the win over Harper again like you know li- little things like that yeah. okay all of a sudden the bar slightly warming yeah. I, mean, I don't buy it's going to lead Correct. to anything but That's my you know problem. it's nice to see it in a little bit of a uh, bubble there and yeah overall it was a little bit of a quiet week
1: all right, very good when we come back in, we will chat with a uh, former member of the VOD villains. Simon Gotch is going to join us. He's now uh, competing with MLW down in Orlando, which you can see every Friday night on BN Sport. We'll do that next. I'm Glenn and he's Aaron this is jobbing out. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings weekdays from 11 to 2 and take advantage of their new 15-minute lunch guarantee or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with a 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious B-dubs before you gotta get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster. Wings Beer Sports. Available for dine-in orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for details. Gather around, everyone, and witness the debonair devastation of such exquisite sophistication. Aiden English, Simon Gunn, Back in here on Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone, our next guest, now a part of MLW, MLW, easy for me to say, I talk for a living, which you can see every Friday night on BN Sports, it's a pleasure to be joined By the great Simon Gotch here on Jobbing Out. Simon, it's Glenn and Aaron. It's so good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us.
0: Oh, not a problem. It's always my pleasure.
1: Absolutely. It's great to talk to you. I guess, first of all, is it just good to be able to hear us call you Simon Gotch again? Like, I got to imagine there's some some stress relief that we can just refer to you by the name everyone knows you by now.
0: Honestly, I I was never that concerned about it. Um, At at the end of the day, you can call me whatever you want. Uh, I am who I am, and I do what I do. So, I mean... was not something I was overly worried about, uh, but admittedly, it makes it a little less awkward for people who uh, have <laughs> to put flyers together with my face on them because they always have to do the whole formally known as" and then you know all that stuff. But uh,
1: you still there, Simon? We lost you for a second.
0: Well, technically, I, I lost you, but yes. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I'm, I'm right here, though. Don't worry. Right. If, it, if it blanks out for a second, it's uh, just uh, you know technology being less impressive than it should be but still significantly more impressive than we realize it is
2: you know before we move off the uh, name i know it didn't concern you too much were you surprised to see uh wwe uh let the trademark lapse for it how'd that all happen
0: um actually got brought up in an interview someone asked me about it and i i told them what why i was using a different name and they apparently had looked themselves into whether or not the uh, copyright was still active it doesn't surprise me all that much because uh well, a, a fun little aside is that one of the struggles of NXT for the last five years, or particularly the time I was there, was um, actually bothering to copyright names and to do the trademark on them. <laughs> um, there, there, there was an actual uh, freeze period where, guy, like, no one had a new name because uh, because of uh, they couldn't get any of the names approved. Uh, at one point, Riddick Moss, uh, I think he went through three or four different names. I think uh, one of them was. Uh, so the joke was that uh, Ryan Katz, who works in creative for developmental, you might remember this Fabian Kalin from uh, okay. mm-hmm. Wrestling Society X or uh, or uh, GQ Money from uh, from XPW, uh, he actually, he had, uh, was joking that he wanted to call him Diggs Falafel just because it was the most ridiculous name he could think of and there was no way anyone else owned a trademark on it. Um, but... Uh, it didn't really surprise me because the cost of keeping the name when it has no value to them is, is pointless I mean just from a business standpoint sure and it's not that it's not that much money it's only like $250 but really but when you consider like for a name like Jack Swagger or uh, Cody Rhodes where the company put a lot of time and effort into building the name you could see why they'd want to own it and you could see why they would almost want to keep you from using it to profit outside of uh, WWE anyway, but for, I mean, I was on the main roster for a year, and they didn't put a whole lot of time into me, and obviously my name wasn't all that well-known for, at least not for any positive reasons, (laughs) Uh, so at a certain point, I just think even the $250 just seems like a pointless amount of money to spend. I mean, they're not going to be putting together a Best Of DVD with any of my matches on it. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) All right. So, uh, the, I mean, I'm very realistic. It's not always the best thing to hear, but, you know, I'm a realist.
1: Well, let's talk about making the jump to MLW. The funny thing is every time I look at MLW, I'm like, holy crap, their roster is loaded. Like, it is amazing, everybody. And I don't know if this is just like a unique Orlando thing. Like, hey, we all kind of happen to live down there anyway, so why wouldn't we be competing with MLW? But this is sort of a special thing that's building up in an era where it feels like, Competition could allow for, for somebody to really step in and seize a piece of the marketplace and MLW between the TV deal and a loaded roster feels like they're doing a really good job of trying to do just that.
0: Well, the, the biggest thing that I have noticed just with MLW and my time there and even just observing them before that is it's a combination of knowledge as well as uh, investment, which is not something that a lot of independent organizations have. Uh, to consider Court Bauer, beyond the fact he promoted before with uh, the original run of MLW back in the early 2000s, He's also someone who's been doing the uh, the podcasting for the last god ten years now. At this point, with the uh, MLW network, and you have some of the biggest podcasts out there actually uh, through MLW, and because of that, he's been able to obviously have a stream of revenue going into the company as well as uh, a uh, connections with a lot of very high level and high, notable people within the industry, both talent and creative wise. And be, I mean, cause actually, I'm one of the few local guys, uh, so to speak, for MLW. A lot of people don't realize Sammy Callahan's back in. Uh, uh, Ohio now. Uh, Tom Lawler though he's, he li- he was raised in Florida. He actually uh, lives out of Vegas. Uh, I think Swagger. Or, I'm sorry, Jake Hagar is uh, up in Tampa, but for the most part, a lot of talent comes in. I mean, M- MJF. This actually came up last night. He lives in Indiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was I, I was horrified by that. You know, you have a. Uh, you have uh, Joey Janela. He's up in New Jersey. So it's a lot of the guys actually do come in from the outside area. There's a, There are some locals, obviously. I'm technically local since I do live in Orlando still. Uh, Mike Pero, um, the uh, Dirty Blondes, uh, uh, Leon Scott. Sora Fulton is still technically local, though I've, I, he's talked about uh, going back to Ohio just because, obviously, there's a lot of regular work around it. But since he started doing some stuff with MLW, he might stick in the area. It's, it's unclear right now. But, yeah, it's uh, I think it's really the – Going back to it, the idea that MLW is actually willing to invest money into their product and get a return for it, which is the other thing, because it's very easy to throw money at at a, at a wrestling product uh, and get nothing for it. I mean, I think we all remember the the atrocity that was WrestleLicious. <laughs> <laughs> great pool, great pool. And and, and if, if for any of your, your listeners who aren't familiar with this, there was a guy who was like 22 or 23 years old who won the uh, Powerball in I think North Carolina. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yep. Who basically got Talked by Jimmy Hart into making a less entertaining version of Glow with a bunch of <laughs> with like some non wrestlers and some wrestlers, and it was a unwatchable product. That I think they shopped around for several years before they actually gave up on it. And moreover, the one that always stood out to me was that on the actual taping, uh, Daphne Younger was Draculette, but when they did the Wrestlelicious rap, which was again so just dated before it was ever recorded. Like, it was, it was a throwback to the whole, you know, yeah, uh, the, the Super Bowl shuffle mm-hmm. ripoffs of the 80s. And, and they, she'd already actually signed with TNA, and it started doing the uh, the governor shtick she was doing for a while. Right. So they had to have a different woman performing as Draculette in the rap.
2: <laughs> That's great. Wow. Dude, That's great. Dude,
0: yeah.
1: Dude, you need to go on, like, pro wrestling Jeopardy, man. Like, holy <laughs>
0: crap. Look at your brain. Uh, the only really, uh, the only really uh, deep cut I got besides that is I-, I know the history of the WCW Monday Night Nitro name, and it originally had nothing to do with wrestling. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Let- let's hear yeah, this. I don't know this at all.
0: So TNT used to have a show called TNT's Friday Night Nitro, and what it was was a block of like two or three low grade, cheaply purchased B action movies, stuff like uh, American Kickboxer one and two, okay. which I like to mention those two movies because. The first movie is literally called American Kickboxer One, <laughs> That's and some then faith there's right American there. Kickboxer. Oh, oh, yeah, they they already knew there was going to be a part two, and then there's American Kickboxer Two, and the movies have nothing to do with each other, and they have no one, they share no cast members. The most notable thing I think about American Kickboxer One is the guy that played Tackleberry in the in the uh, Police Academy movies is the bad guy. All right, uh, but. It was a sort of thing where you'd have a production company that would basically buy a movie, retitle it, and then just, like, sell it as, a, as something else. I'm sure both movies have, like, three or four different uh, titles. But that was what Friday Night Nitro was. Eventually, they moved Friday TNT's Friday Night Nitro to Mondays, and it was TNT's Monday Night Nitro, and it was the same format. When Eric Bischoff had that meeting where he famously requested, you know, uh, live primetime television, the block of television that uh, TNT gave him, that Turner gave him, was Monday Night Nitro. Wow. But they just changed it to WCW's Monday Night Nitro. And the whole opening with the fire and all that stuff, that was the original opening for for the Friday Night Nitro as well. But instead of being footage of wrestling and wrestlers, it was footage of these, the action movies. Dude,
1: There we go. This is amazing. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. I, I see Glenn's just mind I'm, just like, right I, I'm, now.
1: I, I'm really mad that you said this is the only thing you know because now I just want you to sit here and tell me other nerdy facts <laughs> for like the next 20 and, minutes. And,
2: well,
0: if you really think about it, though, uh, Chris Jericho talks about in his first book about his uh, his theme music in WCW being recycled music that Turner owned.
2: Oh yeah, I think I remember and how that, he, yeah,
0: it was like basketball highlights. Number fourteen was the technical title.
2: <laughs> I, I think my and favorite he, he heard, thing is the stock music and the different names. It's so much fun in production.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's great stuff. But I that was so people realized they did that with the music, but they actually did that with the whole op- The original opening for Nitro was just a stock opening they had for a completely different show and they just swip, they just you know did a swap on the footage that was in the uh the uh, chroma key parts and yeah
1: what can you tell and me about there you go. what can you tell me about uh ECW on uh, on TNN like what, <laughs> i mean like serious, just, just just regale me just sit here timing what's Gatch your and, roller jam knowledge yeah, right? <laughs> my god man this is amazing
0: almost uh, for roller jam
1: dude roller jam was incredible for what it's worth roller <laughs> jam was i watched i think for, well, i don't remember how old i was but i watched every saturday night and i came when, in
0: uh Cyrus said he was the Ayatollah of Rock and Bola.
1: Oh, <laughs> hell yeah.
0: Because they had Rock and Bowl that also aired after. Which I think they brought it up more than once that ECW only got promos for ECW on TNN during their show. Right. They never had them airing any other time on the, show, on the I channel. I think
1: I remember that yep. too, yeah. I think I remember that as well.
2: All
0: right, well this is
1: great.
0: And, and, <laughs> yeah, we we we've gotten to nothing of, of yeah, real value, oh, this but we wait, 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 wait,
2: what do you mean? No, Th- this no. is more valuable than most of the interviews we do. Let's <laughs> let's be very clear here. But um, uh, you know I, Go ahead. I
0: can't say I can't say that the evil of TNN exists to this day because they went from being obviously the Nashville Network to the National Network to Spike TV. They're now going to be I think it's the Paramount Network. Yes, yes, Correct. They are the and Paramount and they're Network. the ones doing that abominable uh TV series version of Heathers.
1: Oh, I didn't know they were that way. Well, I had no idea that was a thing.
0: Oh, you haven't heard about this? No. Okay, so they, they've gone... At, it's pretty horrific what they've done with it. Basically, the bad guys, if you want to call them that, the Heathers in this one, are a plus-size girl, a, uh, a gay guy... And uh I think it's, I think the third one's a black girl. Ah, ah
1: yes. They're the
0: evil people. Yes. Think yes. about how messed up that is right off the bat. Yeah. We're going to have the two pretty white kids. The two pretty straight white kids murdering the, the, all, right. all, all right. the Yeah, you're right, all right off the you're like, This is going to take a turn who though. thought this was a good idea. This is going
1: to take a turn. Uh, they're actually yeah. can, they're actually canceling Heather's because of all the school shootings. <laughs>
0: yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, if we could only Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. They... Oh, God. All right. Well, well,
2: you know what? It's some bad. ideas are so
0: bad that, <laughs> right. yeah. You,
2: you need any sort of excuse yeah. you can to. Yeah, it uh, might not really have them. anything at all
1: to do with school shootings. No, it might but... just be the most convenient excuse in the history of all time. Okay. What what oh, can yeah. we
2: say that doesn't make it look bad? Oh, thank you. There we go. We'll, right, we'll use that right. as an excuse. Oh, yeah. God. That's awful. Um... Boy, I don't know where well, to go let's from reset. here. Simon Gotch yeah, is I, I was with going to say, out. speaking of things that are just all over the place, the MLW roster is kind of yeah. uh, all over, like, just a really wild collection. Like, what's that locker room like, and how much fun is it to be in?
0: Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, and again, it's, it's a lot of guys I've worked with before in various places. or people I've known for a long time, or people I've actually just wrestled in the last year that I've uh, – uh, actually, Leon Scott I've, I've known for, like, at this point uh, – 15 years i met him back in like 06 so i guess maybe more like more like 12 years but guys like him and milo beasley who are just old florida indie guys who I've, I've met years ago when i when i was traveled out this way uh as well as guys like sammy callahan who obviously i was in developmental with uh jack swagger who I was on the main roster with tom lawler actually wrestled a couple times over in oregon's phenomenal phenomenal guy like i a lot of people put riddle over as the uh the best uh MMA fighter to go into pro wrestling but I honestly think those people have never seen Tom work and they don't understand how good he is.
1: You um you need to answer something for me. And and I know you don't know the answer, but you're the best hope I'm going to get. Why is it that for whatever reason tag teams from NXT seem to not be able to work at the main roster level? Why what's what is it that individual oh, the talents, revolution Is that what it is?
0: Yeah, if you consider the time the tag teams started uh, floundering was right around the time of the women's revolution. And what happened was they went from where they were giving uh, basically a single segment to the the women's division uh, every night to where it started being two or three. Wow. And where they took the time from was uh, the tag team division. Traditionally, there were three gimmick matches in pro wrestling. If you go back to the history of pro wrestling, you have the tag team match, the women's match, or the midgets. That's why if you look at the way a lot of women's matches were structured, particularly... um, right up until the uh, early 2000s, a lot of the catfighting stuff. The reason it was done that way was because it was a gimmick match. It wasn't meant to be viewed the same way that a traditional uh, men's wrestling match was viewed. It was meant to be, you know, something visually very different, the same way a tag team match was visually very different than a singles match, ideally at least. And my personal theory is that, because if you notice right around the time that uh, the women's revolution starts happening, you go from, you see that shift in the amount of time given to it versus uh, given to the tag teams. And that's when you all of a sudden start seeing one tag team angle on TV, and that's it. It's whoever's going after the title, and that's the only thing you see. Wow. There are no other tag team angles going on. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Because, again, if you look at, like, the Ascension did a great did great work in uh, yeah. NXT, and they got brought up to the main roster, seldom used. You had good tag teams on the main roster already. The Usos have been doing amazing work in the last year. Good question. And those, and it was, again, they went from where they were basically, you know, they were selling T-shirts and kids liked them because they were colorful and they did the face paint and the hawk and all that. To where when you let them get real, because I mean, you, people forget that you know they're, they're a couple of gangsta brothers from the Bay Area. You know, they're not they don't mess around. Like those guys are, they're cool dudes. Don't get me wrong, I love the Usos. They're 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 the best. But people forget how rough those guys. You know, the stuff they've seen. It's like it's not all it's not all that pretty. So. They were even being limited in what they were allowed to do. You had the Lucha Dragons, who weren't getting a whole lot of time on TV. I mean, you had Kalisto as the U.S. champion while he was in the tag team. Yeah. True, like, yeah. stuff true. Like, stuff yeah. like that, where they were they, they had so limited the time tag teams got on TV. And tag team match, I mean, to have a, a decent tag team match, you need a minimum 15 minutes. You can't really do a three-minute tag match and have it be any good because you're trying to feature four guys, tell a story, and have an interesting finish. In, in, you know, in three to five minutes, then it's not going to happen. You're, I, I think if you look back at the, uh, was it the twelve man tag they did at WrestleMania 28?
1: Uh,
0: um, oh boy, God, yeah, Roxy, No One, R- right, right, and, like, and that right. that was
2: the Teddy Long versus John Laurinaitis thing, or uh, which which twelve? Yeah, I'm trying to pull
0: it up. I, th- I think it was where it was like the end of the match was very literally Eve Torres kicked – Yeah, yeah, uh, that that was the yeah, the, Zach and the,
2: the team Teddy versus team Laurinaitis. Yeah, I think that was 20. 20- yeah it yeah, was it see. was
1: six on six, yeah,
0: yeah. you're right mm-hmm. yeah okay, six on six. David Otunga doesn't get off the apron in that entire match
1: I never really thought about that. <laughs> i'd have I'm, to go back and yeah, watch I never that really
0: I'm I like ninety nine I think he might get in for a second and like throw a punch and tag right out, but he basically doesn't do anything in the match, and it's not a knock on him, but it's like we've got a 12 man tag, okay, you've got four minutes to do it right, right. <laughs> right. everybody's so. Again, you now you take that and you put it on TV on a weekly basis, where they literally don't have time for tag teams. I think, uh, I think really the the sort of downfall because again, you look Ascension was great. You uh Maelker Alpha was great. Uh, I think Dawson and Wilder are oh the only. Oh my god! Uh, um, uh, no, yeah. them and the Ascension. I guess the only tag team that's been that's been called up and still together.
1: Yeah, but they they and they're getting nothing. And it's yeah. it's driving yeah. me crazy and it's the same and what you're talking about is so true. Like there's this and that's what drives me nuts is I look at this list of incredible tag teams that we loved in NXT. Like that were every single one of you guys was so over in NXT. And I get the part of this is the NXT thing and I get that, but like god damn it, how does it not work at the next level when it works so effing well at NXT? How can that not translate at the next level?
0: Well, again, the, the most valuable commodity in all of professional wrestling is time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you had taken, and even just look at the way they debut people now. I mean, it used to be you get called up whenever. Now it's mass call-ups after WrestleMania for the most part is what you get. It, when we got called up, it was us, Enzo and Cass, Baron Corbin, and Apollo Crews. Six people at once. Mm-hmm. With Corbin debuting on, uh, it was Corbin debuted on, during WrestleMania, right. during the Andre Battle Royal. Then you had Apollo and Enzo and Cass debuting the next night. Then you mm-hmm. had us on SmackDown. I think that's what it was. It might have been Apollo on SmackDown as well. I'm not 100 yeah, percent. I think
2: Apollo was on uh, Raw. I remember that. Uh, that
0: uh, okay. night. Yeah. So so you have two separate call up, or you have two separate call ups debuting the same night.
2: Yeah, I mean a lot going
0: on. That yeah yeah it's like that's. I, when I, when you started a new workplace, trying to remember everyone's name is very difficult, <laughs> right. but when you get, but when you get a new employee, it's way easier because you just got to learn one new name. Right, right. Same thing is true with uh, wrestling fans. If you bring up six people at once, they've got to remember six new names at all at once.
1: That's a great point. It's a great and unless point. they're
0: being, unless they're being prominently featured every single week, that's not going to happen. It, I mean, you could have literally, cause from the time we dropped the tag titles in October. Op- I think well technically it was September, but it didn't air until October. From the time we dropped the tag titles in September until our call up, we did nothing in NXT. We were I think we were on TV for like three matches with the uh, with the uh, hype bros, and that was it. And they were completely throwaway. They didn't do. They went nowhere. You know the yeah. matches went nowhere. Yeah. So you could have legitimately called us up any time after that, right? And, you and it wouldn't have affected. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't affect the NXT product, and would have allowed us to be more focal, more of a focal point. But because of the mass call-ups, again, you all come up at once, and then it's sink or swim in an environment where, instead of you being judged on your own ability, you're being, it's, you know, we're going to put five puppies in the kennel and see which one barks (laughs) the loudest. They might all be cute puppies. Right. That's Adorable
1: adorable puppies. But there's one that's
0: barking the loudest, and you're going to notice that one. So inevitably, you wind up having very talented people. The Ascension are a great example of that who are not really allowed to do what they do well because, and that's the other thing is that we, we have this weird thing where we'll do enhancement matches with people, then randomly we won't. Right. I think the entire time we were on the main roster, we there was no, there were no enhancement, or there was, no, uh, Jordan and Gable were the only ones who got an enhancement match where they had like, enhan- they had extra talent come in to wrestle them. Wow. No one else did.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Is it hurt not having a secondary show too like and I say this like I, I know that the superstar still exists or whatever it's still a thing, but like you know this was what when we were growing up on Sunday nights, you could watch another hour of wrestling on Sunday night, and you could see some of it like I, and I gotta imagine why three hours of Raw is a lot, like I still feel like there's got to be something to be said for that you benefited from having another TV show that existed that people actually watched at some point.
0: You definitely do, um, because again, as I said, time is the greatest commodity in wrestling. But yeah. I, do, personal opinion, I think we would benefit from doing two-hour RAW, a two-hour secondary show, and then two-hour SmackDown, two-hour secondary show. I, personal opinion, a regular a televised program is a lot to ask of anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when I hate to say it, you're not highlighting wrestling.
1: Oh sure, right. sure, sure. Like,
0: Because at that point, I'm watching a comedy show with people who aren't very funny, or a drama with people who can't act, or a... And the reality Mm -hmm. of it is is that we're pro-wrestlers, we're not actors, we're not comedians. Mm -hmm. We might be funny every once in a while, or we might be able to pull off a dramatic scene every once in a while, but the reality is, there's a reason why Hulk Hogan hasn't won an Oscar. Well, I don't know. Despite having drawn, you know, an, an obscene amount of money in wrestling. Wrestling and the entertainment industry are very different, despite wrestling being a part of the entertainment industry, so... When you create a product where you're trying to be non-wrestling centric, but wrestling is ultimately how people get over. I mean, the reality of it is, if you have ever seen, I mean, you put Jason Jordan out there in a promo, people like him or hate him, but you watch him in a match without ever seeing him having to cut a promo, you know he's good. Yeah, Yeah. correct.
1: Exactly. I'm I'm trying to figure out what stole the the Oscar from Mr. Nanny, by the way, in 1993. (laughs) I'm just trying to figure that out. Because obviously... Don't
0: don't get me... Don't get me started on the Oscars. I have a whole rant about those today. <laughs> you know no, what, no, no, no. Uh, you know what I watched the other night? Kubo and the Two Strings. Okay, so that looked like it was a really good movie. I never saw it. It is insanely good. Yeah. It is. I would describe it as double Coco. Wow. Whoa. You know why? I co- Whoa. Because because Coco makes you cry, yes. which I freely admit I did. I was on Absolutely, the plane with like my, my no, hoodie over no, my, my head mean, trying to – Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it it completely completely rips out your heart. Kubo does that about eighteen different ways. From the beginning, you want to know what the the basic plot of Kubo and the Two Strings oh, is. Please. Sure, a young boy who is the son of a famed samurai and a moon princess has had his eye ripped out as an infant by his grandfather, the King of the Moon. Holy shit! And his mother, after escaping with him and his father being murdered, hides in a small village where she is riddled by dementia during the day and is only cognitive during the nighttime.
1: Uh-oh. Wait, my, my kids are supposed to watch this?
0: And then she dies, oh my, defending him what? from his aunt. Oh my- Jeez. This is the first 20 minutes of the movie.
1: Oh, okay. So what you're saying is it's like up on speed. <laughs>
0: like... Oh, no, it, it's, it's so rough. I mean, the ultimate realization is the reason his grandfather ripped his eye out was because his mother was sent to Earth to kill his father. <laughs> and when she, and the, the whole story is she looked into his father's eyes and saw love, and that was what made her not want to kill him. Oh, so he wants to rip his grandson's eyes out so he can never look into someone's I eyes and see love.
3: God,
0: wow. Yes, oh my this is a God. very dark movie, <laughs> so and cute. it's amazing and beautiful. And you know what it lost to at the Oscars? Uh, oh God, I don't Zootopia. Want to... Oh God. Oh yeah. Okay. I've... If you want the if you want those depressing Oscar uh, wins and losses, look through the Best Animated Feature category. Uh, there, there's a couple others that I just I was horrified by. I think uh, the Wind Rises lost to Frozen.
1: <laughs> oh, so frozen. Hayao
0: Miyazaki
2: is he apparently not as good as Frozen. Yeah,
1: yeah dude, you, you're telling the wrong. Right. Aaron loves Frozen. No, 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 no. You love it. You no, love no, no, Frozen. No, no.
2: That was Ben and AJ. I, I liked Frozen, uh, but it, it, it pales there. in comparison like, to Moana. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, again. Look at
0: look at Frozen, and then watch The Wind Rises. Watch anything Miyazaki's done, and it's surprising. Okay. Like he's won an Oscar, but it's more shocking the number of times he hasn't won, compared to these random Disney movies that are frankly a lot of them are not that good. Oh, I don't um, disagree with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. By the way, I did just find out it was uh, Tom Hanks in Philadelphia that beat out Hulk Hogan and Mr.
0: Nanny for uh, best Crime.
1: actor. Travis yeah, right? There. I gotta be honest with you.
0: Well, well, that's the rule though, is that if you do any film where you lose a lot of weight or gain a lot of weight, you oh get yeah, you weight mm-hmm. that's Yeah, true. exactly. That's totally true. And he doubled it up because he also was playing someone with a disease.
1: Right. Yes, right. And he was gay at a time where, like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, we
0: weren't. It, 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 it gave a lot of. It gave a very uh, visible picture to a very real problem that time people didn't want to. Address. I
1: guess I'd be willing to give a pass to Tom Hanks in Philadelphia winning Best Actor, but Hulk Hogan should have been right behind him. Mister Nanny you was a
0: classic. I do not agree with Mr. Manny just because, you know, as much as I love Sherman Helmsley, but I will say that Christopher Lloyd did deserve best supporting actors. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, sure. When he
0: delivered that line, I was frozen today, I felt it. I felt it every moment. I was like, I get it now. I understand what it must have been like to have been frozen today.
1: All right, tell me you've seen, if you love Sherman Helmsley, tell me you've seen the motion picture. This is one of the great, most underappreciated pictures of all time. The motion picture, screwed. Tell me that you, you're familiar with this motion picture. Because the cat... Wait,
0: go ahead. Give me the full cast because it sounds familiar. You're gonna,
1: you're, your mind is going to be
0: blown by the cast.
1: What Was this like 95 or
0: 96? This like, is a this little bit later.
1: It's like the late 90s. It's like late okay. 90s. How about Norm McDonald? Dave Chappelle, Danny DeVito.
0: Yes, I, I know the movie. I've never seen it, but I have seen it, it because is, I was thinking DeVito was in it. And, and yeah, that's – It is wonderful. I've seen the, the box.
1: Yeah. Dude, it is a wonderful motion picture. It is an absolutely hilarious movie that everybody should spend some time with and did, did not get nearly the credit that it deserves, like all of Norm MacDonald's wonderful work. Oh, God.
0: All right. Well, that well, well, he falls in that category where he's, he's very dry – so if you don't if you can't wrap your head around what he's doing it's not very enjoyable oh I mean. man, man. He, he's wonderful on the Mike Tyson mysteries
1: <laughs> yeah he is wonderful on the Mike Tyson mysteries you're right about that you're right about that all right well I just feel like we could just I mean like at some point we should just do this podcast like I think we should <laughs> just not we'll never talk about wrestling again we can just sit around and do this podcast with you forever if, if that's all right like we can every just
0: every time I've done a podcast I, I get a message from the person I do it with and they will ask me if I've ever contemplated doing my own podcast I, and I I Feel like if I did it, it would be just that I wouldn't want to talk about wrestling. I'd want to talk about anything else.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well,
2: yeah, no, just stream of consciousness with Simon Gotch sounds like a good podcast to me. I love that. Oh, I love that.
0: That that I might actually consider doing. By I'll try recording it and see if it, it's actually if one can listen to it, and not you know, want to blow their brains out. No, no, no. Um, you, you,
1: and, and by the way, Court's going to have this up on the site like next week. Like he's going to have this launched, and you're going to be profiting off of it within a week. Like that's the way that it's <laughs> going to go.
0: I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, Uh, Simon Gotch, you can see him on MLW every Friday night on BN Sports. Simon, what can we plug for you, dude? Uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Uh, t-shirts? Well, well, you can
0: Instagram at WWE because Instagram won't let me change my handle. (laughs) Um, You can find me on both. There's a a word joke in there if you don't know it. If you actually look up the word devious in the dictionary, it it means a longer, as well as obviously the more sinister connotations but it made me laugh when i read it because i thought my career has kind of been a very long and indirect route <laughs> um, uh you can also you can find my Wrestling tees store uh obviously it's Wrestling tees slash simon says um yeah there's some wonderful t-shirts up there from some great artists if you're familiar with redneck kung fu uh one of the dead john david grera um Gentleman who cosplays at me at various WWE events in Japan. <laughs> uh oh no, he's uh, he's a legit animator. Like he he works on uh I, I who of, is
1: is who did the um, I'm I'm at Devious Journey right now on Twitter. Who did your your profile picture?
0: Oh god oh now I'm gonna feel bad because I can't remember his name. Um, he's the British guy who does photography for uh for uh if it's the photo of me with the mask, or is it a different one? It's, it's, a, one?
1: it's an animation. It's you as sort of oh, like
0: that a... Oh, that's the one that, uh, that uh, Kang-Chi did. Yeah. Okay, okay. Dude, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, him and his brother both are, uh, are animators. Um, his brother actually does a lot of stuff with Takashi Shimada, who uh, created uh, Kanikaman, uh, the muscle series. Okay. Um, so he, he's done some actual shirts with uh, New Japan as well, some crossover shirts. Dude. They're pretty cool.
1: It's incredible, man. It's absolutely
0: oh, man. incredible. That's awesome. Dude. That T-shirt is available at Pro Tees. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Perfect. That might be a purchase that Glenn Clark is going to make a little bit later on today. That... Uh,
0: so so you know, for those of you who are not familiar with Pro teas, whenever you order something, the person who owns the store gets a notification with like your name and address that it's shipping to. Right. So so I will know if you do it or right, not. Right.
1: That's what I was saying. So now you'll know if I don't that I'm yeah, a dick and you'll never come a, on with us again. Exactly. So I think I might go
2: ahead and click order. I'll come right on the again. show
0: again, and I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll bring up that I never got a notification that you bought the shirt. <laughs> so He's
2: going, He has this name down written. You better yeah, get it right? crossed no, off.
1: No freaking doubt, man. Hey, Simon, this was a lot of fun, bro. We'd love to do this again. Uh, uh, congratulations on everything you're doing with MLW, man. And and, and seriously, may you forever may you get this podcast like loaded and just gone so that I can listen to your thoughts on the world of everything week in and week out, man.
0: I will be sure to do that, and you'll be the first to know what I do. Well,
1: that was cool. We could talk to him forever. I mean, I apologize. His phone wasn't great, but um... – Dude, he was hilarious I love that guy Yeah,
2: that was great I I really would listen to just say Okay, let's find a random 90s TV show For you to talk about Man, I wish
1: I had like Such stored away knowledge Like there's I know things that I like But like I don't have Stored away facts like that Yeah That reminds me
2: Did you you ever run You run into Dave Preston Here and there, right? I love Dave Oh yeah, yeah. he's very much that way We talk about Tara
1: Reid Dave Preston and I talk about Tara Reid Dave Preston works for a radio station Called WTOP in Washington Dave Preston and I Whenever we see each other I don't know why (laughs) I couldn't tell you How it ever began but every time we see each other, we will talk about, hey, has Tara Reid done anything with her career recently? Like, I, I cannot explain why that's a thing that we do, but that is a thing that we do every time we Fair see enough. each other. Um, but that was great with Simon Gotch. And that was, you know, like I'd never really given that thought. Like, I, you know, because it does drive me crazy. It's not like the tag team division doesn't exist. right? It's just that for whatever reason, every tag team that you loved in NXT, with the one exception being Enzo and Cass, which they ultimately, you know, broke up as as well. Right. But they were the only one that whose success translated to Correct. the main roster Right Correct. Like American Alpha Zippy yep. uh, Dash and Dawson Zippy Right Like
2: absolutely nothing I, For the
1: villains Authors the of Pain same. Have
2: not shown Well, yeah, you I, know. Mean, well
1: I mean look they, I, I, they
2: haven't been on TV But that's troubling That they haven't been on TV
1: well, unless they're trying to do what he was alluding to, which is separate things a little bit, right? Like right. there are a lot of new faces all at once. Maybe we wait a little while, right. and then we introduce the authors to pain and go that way. But it's infuriating that all of these tag teams that we've been all in on, on, on. Well, you the know, tag NXT, the tag
2: team division has been the best thing about NXT for a, arguably, a, a you percent, know. I, mean, I don't know, about division's the division's been pretty good. Yes, yes. But it's been a revelation. Like every every takeover, oh, look, Revival puts on another match of the night. Right. DIY, Absolutely. whatever, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: American Alpha. I mean, the yep. whole thing, dude. They've all been wonderful. Um so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought that, like, this is what's hurt at the main roster is it's just the tag division as a whole. Now that we're giving more attention to the women's division, we've taken the attention away from the tag division. And so now the tag division is a division where the only you know storyline that exists is the, tag,
2: the title storyline, which is always my complaint about yep. the women's division. So um, it's fascinating. It's it's an interesting thought. You know, I, I feel like you know if we go back, it wasn't that much better before the women's revolution. Yeah, maybe not, but, but
1: but there definitely did seem. To be, I, I definitely think. And that this is a unique thing where I'm talking about. Like one of the problems WWE has, is they're always going to have guys like Cesaro and Sheamus that they don't really have anything for, and so hey, let's make them a tag team. Right. And that's going to take attention away from other tag teams that have sort of grown up together. Exactly. That's always going to exist that way. But if you have more space on programming in general for the tag division. Then you know you could have something else going on. The Hardys and Edge and Christian were were had that first series against each other. Mm-hmm. That wasn't for the belts. No,
2: that was for the the, the rights to Terry Runnels. Runnels. Exactly yes. right. The TIT TIT the Terry Invitational mm-hmm. Tournament.
1: All right. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Before we get uh, out of just here?
2: real briefly. Congratulations to uh, our buddy Leo Rush. Ah, that's right. That's he right. gets the call up to two hundred five live. Have you talked to vignette. him yet? I I have he you know again with a call up it's even trickier well, I mean, to did, get him.
1: But you didn't have him. I just oh, want to. Oh. I just want to make sure that as long as we didn't have him on this show that you, I, I would, he, he is he is not currently uh, there's no article right now for the Baltimore Sun. I would have hated you, and so I'm glad. Now I'm just happy that you've had failure. So <laughs> that's what I like. Uh yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. And look, it's a very logical, you know, way to go about doing it. Leo might have gotten sort of lost in the shuffle on NXT. Yeah, I mean a NXT bit.
2: is so crowded right now that it's hard enough to find a spot for Cassius Ono and you know, EC three is not even on takeover. Yeah, that's a mistake. Yeah. That's a mistake. Yeah, I mean they're they're having their match Ono and EC three next yeah. week, which yeah. is nice and all, but yeah, yep. he's that's, not even on takeover that's a right mistake. now. That's a mistake. But it is just the state of NXT right now. I hear you. I hear you. Um so yes, and if you know that that's the goal for that was very clearly a goal for Leo when they signed him, was to get him on 205 Live, have him be part of the Cruiserweight division. Well, so this to, makes
1: sense. They have to continue improving 205 Live. They have
2: to continue. Which, you know, that. I don't believe will happen, but you I, never know. Unfortunately, you might be right about that.
1: Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, if AJ were here, he'd want you to pick up uh, – oh, is it – It's what day is today? Today is 6-7. All right. So this weekend, 6-9 will be dropping. or 69 or whatever you want to call it from Frank. It will be available wherever you get your music. Uh, you want to make sure that you pick that up. You can find out more on his Twitter, at AJFrancis410. Also, uh, support the Francis Sports Academy as well. But AJFrancis410 on social media, and you can find out more about his mixtape, 6969. Is it called it nine or 69?
2: I've already forgotten. I, I don't one. know which one. I think one. it's 69. Yeah. I think
1: it's 69. Yeah. Um, so you can uh, uh, pick that up this weekend and uh, and show some support to uh, AJ.
2: Aaron, you're on Twitter? At the AO The show's on Twitter? At Jobbing Out Show. Uh, our email? Jobbingout Show at gmail.com. The Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. You know, I, I'm still trying to get in touch with Leo. You I ha- Son of a bitch. I'm, I'm going to keep trying that uh, without. Barring that, I am planning on going to. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to go down to Nova Pro this weekend. Obviously, go down support them. Three different shows on two days. They have a Friday night, a Saturday afternoon, and then a Saturday night yeah, it's show. Should be a wild weekend. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping to talk to you know a few people down there and hopefully get something up for that. Yeah,
1: no doubt. All right, very cool. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio, GlennClarkRadio.com. Thanks again to both Simon Gotch and to PCO. They were both great this week. We appreciate them joining the program. For uh, Aaron Oster and for the main event, vent, 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 A.J. Francis of the New York Giants, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out.